0: The last word with Matt Cooper. Time for the week trending with Michael Clifford, special correspondent with the Examiner, and also an Irish Examiner columnist and author, Idel Coffey. But to start, there's a brilliant video, which I would highly recommend to you that you should have a look at. A performance by Michael Fry, who's going to be performing himself at the Ivy Gardens on the 27th and 29th of July in the Comedy Festival there. But he does these things where he does songs and as an indie band, sort of like from the 80s as much. But he has done this RT Eructus Committee Meetings tribute as performed by an indie band. And it's so good, we've decided to play it. (music) Thank <music> you. Michael Fry, I recommend the video. It's on social media because he uses brilliantly lots of clips that we would have seen the Eructus Committee uh, to visualize some of the lyrics there. Uh, Michael Clifford, Nadal Coffey, or what is How well has he summed it all up there?
1: Oh God. Um I still think Whereas John Rogers is his greatest hit. No I'd agree with
0: that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, just um, remind that, that was in relation to the um the Enoch Burke incident, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean he, he is he's a, a comic genius, but um yeah, I, I don't know, like we're we're six octus meetings in and twenty five hours of hearings later, and I don't know if anyone's any clearer yet um on where we are with this. But um Is it twenty five yeah, hours at this stage of hearings Yeah. Like it's, and I just think I don't know if it's it's Annie if it's gone away yet, you know. And I I have to say, I'm sorry, I are am, you
0: displaying a little bit of fatigue here?
1: No, not fatigue. I'm displaying huge sympathy, to be honest, because I, like many journalists in this country, I know Ryan Tovary professionally. And I've always found him to be just an incredibly decent, honest, upstanding guy. And I'm kind of shocked at the savage reporting that we've seen, because I do actually agree with him that he's been held up as this kind of poster boy for, you know, what appears to be some, I don't know, fairly um, shady, opaque um, accounting within RTE. And I feel like it's all
0: RTE's fault,
1: is it? No, well, maybe, maybe, but I, I just feel like there's been very little perspective. I feel like it's kind of he is the poster boy, like you said, uh, uh, at uh, the Oroctis committee meetings. And I do think that's kind of unfair.
0: Michael Clifford, would you share Adele's sympathy for Ryan Tubbele?
2: I know Ryan Tubbele only vaguely. I know people who work in RT who tell you um, behind the cameras or away from the microphone, he is a, a thirdly decent person I, you know I, I know people who, and, and there are others for example we all know Matt in the media there are people who off mic or whatever they're not a the great person they appear people do not say that about Ryan Tupper they do say he's a decent fella there is another side to the coin though and that is something went on here and it does not seem that we're getting the full
0: picture even after six days of hearings and twenty-four
2: attempts to set the record straight, there are a few principal people who are missing: D. Forbes, the F. G. Uh, the D. G. Excuse me, um, Jim Jennings is the director of content, and we have not heard from Renault. Renault, or Renault, as I think most journalists t- insist yeah, yeah. calling it. Well, I mean, you know, wh- whoever there was involved in this deal would be in a position to say exactly. What went on? They're not obliged to do so. They're a private company, but it would help things. And the unfortunate thing is, Ryan Tuberty, there's a lot of talk now about whether or not he'll go back to his old job. Should he not, it would be a very harsh penalty to pay. The other side of the coin, though, is we still do not have clarity on what was involved and some people are still not exactly certain about how he has projected his own involvement Mm -hmm. in it.
1: I think the key question is, what has he done wrong? And that's the thing that I keep coming back to. What has he done wrong? And the mea culpa he gave in the committee meeting was um, I didn't correct the understatement of my salary by E. So who made that mistake? T E But he didn't correct it and he's being so severely punished for it. Well,
2: there, there's a bit more, Adele. I mean, there's Go a bit on. more. No, there's a bit more to this extent. What definitely, and on Thursday, yesterday, um Adrian Lynch, the Deputy Deputy Director General, or Acting Deputy 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 General, under questioning from Fianna Fáil's Paul McAuliffe. He admitted, yes, what went on here was something to boost Ryan's earnings Uh, Sort of an
0: off-balance sheet transaction, a deliberate deception so that it would appear that he was getting paid one thing, whereas in fact he was getting paid something else.
2: Exactly. And he also did admit that it was that RTE would be the ones footing the bill. So you have to
1: ask. Well, Tuberty and Kelly said that that was a completely separate commercial contract on top of his salary. Does that stand up Adele?
0: And it was paid by RTE, sort of what you might call in the old days an off-balance sheet transaction because
2: Renault never paid a cent of it. But this this is the point. If it was a commercial transaction, Renault, cost neutral was the phrase that was used. That means Renault were saying, we are not paying this. If Renault are not paying it, then quite obviously RTE is paying it. Mm-hmm. And why and are they doing the it in that manner? Well,
1: are RTE a publicly funded um company or are they a commercial company the problem is they're two pronged and they behave like a commercial enterprise in some ways and it, on the other hand they behave like a publicly state funded is that the
2: issue enterprise. in Vista?
1: I think I think that is actually the core issue because what's happening is they're behaving like a private business in some in some parts and they're behaving like a publicly funded business in other parts but, and I think there is obviously Um, an issue with that. And there is a conflict. So I think for the future, there is a question in how does RTE go forward? how does it get Yeah, that's funded?
2: The, 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 I absolutely couldn't agree more. That's a separate issue. But just this particular issue, to me, the core issue is this. Was something set up in order to pay Ryan Tuberty more money than was publicly declared? Was it done in order to ensure that there would be no backlash against it from either the RT staff, the public or the Oireachtas? That's the issue. And I don't think we have complete clarity on it. And I, see another, I another think we've
1: another had answers on that issue, but we've had different answers. See, Adele, another listener
0: here says, RTE got him a nixer and RT handled the cash is completely separate. If I had a Saturday nixer and my boss cut my pay, would the nixer be cut? No. I suppose what's been said there is that, you know, if he was entitled as a self-employed contractor to go and do other things as long as they were not in conflict with RTE, why was it that RTE was handling this nixer
2: for him? Not just handling, Um, paying it i paying it because eventually it is, wasn't see?
0: it wasn't a, a real outside <laughs> no. deal. It was actually been paid for by RTE,
1: and that wasn't that to do with um with COVID and the fact that the sponsor was never expected to not be involved.
2: I don't think so, to be honest with you. Um, look, I, I, as I say, the, the, as far as Ryan Tubridy is concerned, going back to his job, as he said in the meeting, is the thing that he wants to do. Um, It's up to Kevin Backhurst now and those around him to decide whether or not to do that. It would be a very harsh penalty but...
0: Well actually let's hear a little bit of what Kevin Backhurst when he was sitting in the seat you're in now Mick had to say to us here on Tuesday's programme.
3: Um, I need to properly consider it. It's a a big decision for us and for Ryan obviously and you know I've said I, I need to talk to some members of staff about it. I need to talk to the new leadership team. It's a significant decision and I won't be taking it on my own, but it would be my responsibility in the end. But I what want. has
0: he done wrong that would justify him being let go by RTE?
3: I don't want to look. Uh, it's there for everyone to see that that what's happened and how his reputation's been uh, undermined by this. I don't want to get into um, directly criticizing him myself because I, you know, I know him well. I I like him. He's a very bright guy. He's an extremely good broadcaster, um, and I don't like seeing any individuals. Um, reputation being trashed the way his has been over the last few weeks and I feel for him personally and, you know, I hope given a bit of time, you know, wherever it is, he'll restart his career. He's a very, very talented broadcaster, but we have to make a decision about what the right thing is for RTE in the the end.
0: Wherever it is, restart his career sounded a little bit ominous, but Michael Clifford, the reason I asked the question, what has he done wrong that would justify the ending of the contract, is it has been emphasised even by RT executives, including Adrian Lynch, that legally he has done nothing wrong. And the Grant Thornton investigation into the payment has emphasised that. So how can you actually end a contract when the person on the other side has been admitted to have done nothing legally
2: wrong? Yeah, b- b- very good point. Presumably, and this is just speculate that if they came to a conclusion that they, they didn't want Ryan back in the air they would have to pay him for his contract. Now, Can you ho- imagine
0: the fuss that would cost if they have to pay him up the balance of his contract and potentially more because of the reputational damage that he is claiming?
2: Very true. And you say the balance of his contract uh, as has emerged from this thing, he had a contract that at the outset of this that included his television work the Late Late Show is gone now and as, as I think was said at these meetings, they're they renegotiate what his actual contract is, but you're absolutely right, Matt. It's um, it's a sticky situation, you know. I mean,
0: there's a lot of support from
2: they're coming in here.
0: Totally agree with Adele. Ryan is guilty of very little, and what's he supposed to do? Come out and say my employer is lying about my salary? Be realistic. and also, if somebody
1: offers you five hundred grand to for your job that you do very well, would you say no? Actually, that's too much. I mean, the market determines his pay, and or to can say no this is too much or no sorry go talk to news talk go talk to today fm because we this is where the book stops this is where our offer stops like really as people have said you know Ron toberty has said he is a home bird he loves ireland he is here for so many years you know the the idea that they were paying him this because they were afraid that they would lose him you know they, they, nobody held a gun to their head.
2: But I I don't think it's the quantity we're paying Adele, I think it's how it was paid was the issue.
1: No, I agree. Well, I, I do actually think that the quantity has been an issue too, just in terms of, I suppose, some of the response around, you know, the sympathy towards him, this idea that, you know, people seem to be taking a lot of glee uh, in watching the most popular man in Ireland being toppled essentially and I found that very disappointing I just thought it was very cynical how he was mocked for saying that he really cared about the children of Ireland like that's a nice genuine thing to say why would people be so cynical as to mock that I mean what kind of people are we?
0: What about what Dave Fanning had to say, Michael Clifford? Can you remind us of the tweet that he put out, which has caused him to have to apologise? Yeah,
2: he put out a tweet to the effect that the Iraqis hearing was uh, re- resembled a Nuremberg, a Nuremberg trial, of course Nuremberg trials for into the Nazis. We're into the Nazis there, and Alan Kelly, and he ended that comment by saying, yeah, "Let's go listen to Rory Gallagher and Alan Kelly in the Iraqis meeting." give us a preamble about his own appreciation of Rory Gallagher and how good he was. But in fairness, Kelly had a point. Like, it was over the top and over... Overseeing that whole incident is the reality that Dave Fanning is a client to Noel Kelly's. And so Actually, I have to do for the sixth time say that yes, I'm
0: represented by Noel Kelly's management in relation to certain things, not my entire business career, but in relation to a book I've coming out in October and in relation to various conference work. And that's been the situation for the last two years or so, which I haven't hidden because it's on my Twitter bio. So just get that one out of yeah, the way. Yeah, no,
2: no, but the, 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 the point being there, Matt, for somebody was a client to come out with that? I mean, the conflict of interest is screaming. No, he look, yeah. there, he came out and he apologised afterwards, and I don't think there's a need to um to, to, to for it to continue. It was just
0: unfortunate to follow after the Christie Dignam thing as well. Yeah.
2: Yes, that's very true.
0: And let's talk a little bit about. Ryan Tuberty's predecessor as the host of The Late Late Show now works for News Talk downstairs. Uh, But Mick, he's had a long-running legal battle, another legal battle in relation to land beside his house. And this one hasn't gone well from either, has it?
2: No, this one involves, Matt, a proposal from Richard Barrett, who, a very well-known property developer. He used to be uh, partnered with Johnny Ronan, and the two of them were major Celtic tiger operators. But uh, he, he's he's a proposal for a five-storey nursing home uh, to be built it adjoining or certainly in the vicinity of Pat's family home and... Um, it's more du- or less beside it. Yeah, Dub- Dublin City, or sorry, Dunleary Rat Down Council rejected the proposal. The developer appealed that to Board Planola and Board Planola gave it the go-ahead. And some of Pat's reaction is... He's um,
0: flabbergasted, I think it would be fair he, to say, He is
2: flabbergasted he? and he said it's wrong on so many levels. We can only conclude that the board is so overworked that they can't look properly at plans and analyse them.
0: And Adele, it seems that he's particularly concerned about the fate of the Badgers.
1: He is, and if Michael Fry is listening, I feel like there's scope for another fantastic song here. Um, all we wanted the board and the council to do was to follow the rules, and those rules involve protecting the Badger. Um, apparently, um, there there is a Badger set nearby, and, and I think there are actually, um, there are conditions placed on this permission, mm-hmm. aren't there, as in... The permission uh, says that... Um, badger breeding season. Yeah, and uh, all pile driving, no blasting or pile driving is to take place within 150 metres of an active badger set during the breeding season from December to June. You probably knew that already. Um, <laughs> and construction work within 50 metres in the same period. So um, they apparently they are um, accounting for the wildlife um, objection that um Pat Kenny was making. But... Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, it's good to know, know that somebody like, is
0: thinking of the badgers, though.
1: Indeed, indeed. Um, the board, um, what did he say? He said, uh, the board with this decision has effectively killed the badgers.
0: Oh, has it? Yeah. Michael Clifford, would you fear for the badgers?
2: Well, the board planola are well known badger baiters, so I don't know, but I look. Uh, th- th- there's nothing terribly unusual about it to be fair Pat is a public figure who expressed himself in very strong terms but this sort of thing goes on and one wonders and particularly if he's not alone in his objections whether the next trip will be down to the High Court part of that though Matt yeah, I have to go back said one, one, said one of the serious yet, issues been... around this and around all planning the length of time of the process yeah. is really a drag well, on it, housing It is but
0: yeah. it is quite extraordinary though isn't it that nobody seems to want to have anything built near them
2: Yeah completely Completely. There was one I saw recently there in oh some part of South Dublin. They, they they said plainly, um, "A development here will devalue our homes." Now that's uh, what we I have. I think with that's
0: an exclusive part of Docky, If we're thinking of the same case where somebody in a big luxury mansion wants to build another house out in the front garden, and I all the neighbors, all the neighbors doggy. are up in arms, saying that this will reduce the value of that. Actually, that's a different one. I'm now thinking of another one that you're referring to was as a well. a big development, I think, yeah, somewhere out yeah. there, yeah.
2: yeah. But it, it's it's like... It's an,
0: a standard transferable argument, almost, against anything being built. It will reduce the value of my existing property. A, a,
2: a friend of mine who's in local authority, is a senior figure in local authority, he said to me, anytime they want to build anything, particularly housing, people... Do not want it. They don't want any they want anything that might impinge to the extent of two, three, five percent on their quality of life or on the price of their homes. Now, in ordinary circumstances for a large number of people to have that Uh, That position is one thing. We're in the middle of a housing crisis and yet that's what, and and remember the thing is that in in a lot of these instances ultimately planning permission will be given overriding the objections. The problem is the process. It can take anything from one, two to five years and there you're back again to why. That's one of a number, a huge number of elements of why we have a housing crisis.
1: And the Gorse Hill thing took ages as well. Like that was, I was looking that up, that was back in 2006 and that went on for years as well, obviously.
2: That was Pat Kenny, the
0: adjoining yeah. house and land beside him. It was a dispute yeah. with his neighbour, the late Jerry Charlton, yeah. in relation to land. And it's actually, I think that land now is part of the dispute as well or beside it in this particular plan for the nursing home. It, it sort of petered out earlier in the week and we didn't give it any time here up until now. But what do you think of this idea of having a bank holiday in the Republic to mark the Battle of the Boyne and the 12th of July celebrations and their bonfires up north?
1: I mean, if somebody wants to give me an extra day off on a Monday, I will take it.
0: It wouldn't but, necessarily
1: uh, be a Monday, now. It would have to be on the 12th. Any day, any day, Matt, I'll take it. But no, I, I mean, I, I don't think it's necessary um, to have one in Ireland. I know that in Northern Ireland, uh, both the 12th and St. Patrick's Day, are public holidays. Um, but I do think that um, there is a different situation there politically than there is in uh, the Republic of Ireland. So I don't think there is any onus to do so. I know that um, uh, Patrick Costlow, um, who's a member of the Good Friday Agreement or Committee, has called for it, um, sort of saying that, you know, it's important that we honour the diversity of the entire Island. Um, you know, as per the Good Friday Agreement, but uh, I'm I'm not sure. I don't see it as necessary. But look, I'm a Dubliner living in Galway. I I think it, I I would I would prefer that people stopped setting fire to um, you know huge pallets of wood and pictures of um, government leaders. Michael, it, well. What's
0: your view on the 12th of July being a bank holiday in the Republic?
2: Well, I mean. In terms of Patrick Costler's sentiment, I agree with it. We have to accept that we have to adjust, particularly if we're going to be moved to a situation where we've won jurisdiction in the island. I understand that in a lot of different ways and I'd be very much in favour of a lot of different ways. The 12th is a particular case, though and what is celebrated, or what certainly appears from this side of the border to be celebrated, and among the nationalist minority there, is lie-down tags, we're in charge here, it's very oppressive kind of a, an attitude, it symbolises a lot of that stuff, and for that reason, whereas I say I, I'd be perfectly open to a lot of things in that area, I'd be open to the likes of the flag, the national anthem, what have you, all of that up for grabs, but the 12th of July has particular connotations, and I'd I, I'd be very slow to um, to go ahead with on that basis.
0: Adele, what problem does the actor Jonah Hill have with boundaries?
1: Oh my God, poor Jonah Hill. Um, I don't know if I'm supposed to feel sorry for him or not. Maybe I'm just particularly sympathetic today. But um, he, uh, for people who don't know, Jonah Hill, the actor, broke up with his girlfriend, a surfer called Sarah Brady, last year. And last week she posted pictures um, of text messages from a person called Jonah who we can only presume allegedly is Jonah Hill. Um just kind of saying things like, you know, uh, asking her to take down pictures of herself. Now she's a surfer, she's a beautiful woman, surfers, you know, dress in bikinis. Um and he was kind of suggesting that her posts were sexual and he wanted to sort of approve of who she was friends with, who she wasn't friends with, male and female, all sorts of, you know, very concerning uh ideas like that. Now Sarah Brady obviously is well able to cope with this and well able to say, well, yeah, that's not for me. They've since broken up. Um, She said she's putting this out as a kind of warning to other women who may uh, unwittingly date the actor um, so they can be forewarned that he clearly is uh, controlling. And um, I personally think this was um, not the right thing to do. I think it was a breach of privacy. And like, God almighty, can you imagine somebody like I live in fear of somebody um, taking snapshots of my uh, text messages or WhatsApp. Not that, you know, I'm asking anyone to take down sexy photos off Instagram, but I just mean, you know, uh, who amongst us could withstand our texts being publicly put
2: out there. Who, who amongst us doesn't have sexy pics of ourselves up on Instagram? Oh, indeed,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've been asked several times to take them down okay, by there, Instagram. <laughs> there's one last
0: one I want to focus on, and this is a serious one. I, whatever about whether Andrew Tate is actually convicted of rape and sex trafficking, as he's accused of in Romania, and we'll wait and see the outcome of any trial there. He still is a nasty horrible, obnoxious piece of work. So what the hell, Mick, is Tucker Carlson doing travelling to Romania to sit down to do a two-and-a-half-hour interview with Tate?
2: He's being Tucker Carlson. I mean, he's no longer with Fox. He's, no longer with Fox, he's not, he's, no. He's, yeah, he's got, got, got the bullet. Got I him. mean, that says it all. Who do you have to be in, in, in terms of right-wing extremism to get fired by Fox News? Uh, of course, it's obnoxious. It, it, it's, it's appalling stuff. But uh, to be honest with you, in today's world, I'm not in the least bit surprised. The only interesting thing to do with it was that Elon Musk, now the owner of Twitter, re- tweeted and he called the interview interesting.
1: That's the terrifying thing to me, too. I, like I, I, People like Andrew Tate exist. You know, people like Tucker Carlson exist. I don't agree with their politics. We coexist in the world. That's fine. However, when Elon Musk, one of the most powerful people in the whole world, says the interview is interesting, that chills my blood. Mm. Seriously, what is he thinking?
0: He's thinking eyeballs, audience numbers for Twitter. Yeah,
2: absolutely. He doesn't
0: give a damn Twitter. what it is.
1: It's despicable.
2: Is, absolutely, and that's exactly what Tucker Carlson is is thinking. Or actually,
0: well. could it be worse than could it be that Elon Musk actually tacitly approves of the likes of Tucker Carlson and Andrew Tate? terrific,
1: yeah. Quite possible. Course
2: you know I mean the way he's conducting himself but, but sure, we have this Twitter now threads that, that that could come along and uh, change the whole thing so we're told I'm not plugged into exactly how Well successful. it's not available in the European yeah, It's not available, available here yet yeah, I know that much <laughs> We we'll leave it there Michael Clifford
0: and Adele Coffey thank you very much for being with us on the week trending here on The Last Word of Today FM The
2: Last Word with Matt Cooper weekdays from 4.30 Today